Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Welcome to the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Luke Cohen, and I'm joined this week by Tempest T wrestler and a dog in the background. How's it going, Tempest? It's not my dog, but <laughs> I have the worst luck with wildlife, and more specifically, my neighbor's pets that they just decide to let roam free at all hours of the day, all hours of the night, to bark their heads off at their own convenience. Yeah. You had uh, a bird appear, in fact, on last night's Quizzlemania for a little bit. Excuse me. I did. I did. I feel like birds are just out to get me at this point. The rooster really soured me on birds. <laughs> there was a moment, because like, if you didn't see last night's Quizzlemania, fun show it was as well, by the way, but there was a moment when all of a sudden, like, it, it sounded like the bird was in the room with you. But all of a sudden, everyone was just like, can anyone else hear a bird? And there was this look in your eyes that was just like, man, I was hoping people weren't going to hear that. Yep. And then you had to be quietly go, yeah, it's me. Yeah, it's my yeah. neighbor's bird. Yeah. I don't even know if this one is like a neighbor's bird or if this is just a shoot bird, as Brian Alvarez <laughs> might call it. <laughs> shoot bird just showing up. Yeah, just a shoot bird. But see, the problem that I have right now is I've got a air conditioner unit in my window which is probably not going to be there for too much longer considering the time of year and whatnot. But the like paneling that goes along the rest of the window is like paper thin and doesn't do anything for noise cancellation. So most of the time, by the time I get through podcasts and whatever, I'm should I should be pretty good and not being interrupted. But every once in a while, there's a dog or a goddamn rooster. <laughs> That dog is barking at something as well. That's an unhappy dog right there. Uh, how did you find Quizzlemania last night? Oh, I did terribly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was a fun show. Everyone on there is so nice. No trivia for Tempest. I, I need to blow someone up again. Like, what, what do I have to do to get some trivia on this trivia wrestling show? God damn it. Do I have to run it myself? You need me to take a week off and program the entire, the entire show myself? It was... It was funny when I saw like that the final round was going to be name that jam, you know, a singing round. I was like, what we do when we like, you know, peeling back the curtain, we always go into the private chat area when we do Quizlemania so that you're not looking at the essential answers. You're not looking at the live chat or anything. So you can't like read what other people are thinking. When I saw that we were doing name that jam at the end, I was like, 
Oh, I am going to quickly go and check though to see what the reaction to this is. And there is a portion of the Quizlemania fan base that are just like, this is a farce. This is a, a joke. Where is the trivia? This is not a get. This is a quiz show, not a game show. And I'm like, nah, the, the sillier the better. Like I like the silly rounds. I do too, but I like a mix. You know, I like a nice little sprinkling of trivia throughout my wrestling quiz show. But no, it's 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 fine. It's fine. I do pop into the live chat when I'm doing the singing on Name That Jam because. Mm-hmm. I love Pete. Pete didn't give me a whole lot of help. I didn't do particularly great either. But when I can go into the chat and see all the people are like, oh, it's Champa's music. I was like, all right, I did an okay job then. <laughs> yeah, it was a really fun show last night. Uh, it was so cool to hang out with uh, Church of Joshi and the friendos and, and get Sully on board. Like, yeah, it was just, it was a really, really cool time. It, it, go check it out over on Parts Fun Known. Had a dynamite time over there. Speaking of dynamite, in fact, why don't we get into the show itself? How's that for a segue? What a segue. Um, you master. Yeah, I've been doing this for a little while. It's not my first rodeo. Um, yeah, we're talking about next week's stacked old show. And here it is. We have got the biggest, stacked, monumental, mega-mungus set of Dynamite uh, well, and Rampage next week. Holy heckins, what a lineup we have got. I am Luke Conan, and I'm joined by your Quizzlemania singles champion, Tempest T-Wrestler. That bitch. How's it going, my friend, my enemy? You had to point out singles champion, which is correct, but it feels that much more sharp and painful yeah. after the worst Quizzlemania performance of my career last oh, yeah. night on Quizzlemania 40. Hey, man, it just that's how it goes sometimes. That's how Wait, it goes what sometimes. Did you place in the end? Uh, somewhere, somewhere between last and last. Yeah, you know. it was not, not, not a good night, but lost intangibles to Russell Tonk. Uh, but yeah, we are here to review Dynamite this week. As you may have noticed, uh, we are still remote, mostly because we're in different countries, but also because Ollie Davis isn't very well today, uh, unfortunately. So um, Tempest is filling in for him. People may say, hey, it's probably because he went on that stag do and, you know, there's a pandemic on at the moment. I just think it's because Ollie's getting old now. So when <laughs> he does have like a weekend of drinking, it just takes him like day A, it takes him days to recover. And then B, sometimes it just takes for a little while for it to kind of kick in and the, t- the tiredness to hit him. We see it whenever he does a pay-per-view weekend. Like when we did SummerSlam weekend, he was a very tired and grumpy boy <laughs> for the week. Oh, that know, man right? that we blew up. <laughs> so much sympathy. So, yes, yeah, he is absolutely fine. He is tested uh, negatively uh, on all of his COVID tests as well. So, it's nothing like that. He's just not very well at the moment. I think he's just a bit run down. Um, so, Tempest is filling in for him today as we get to talk about a very fun episode <laughs> of Dynamite, full of like great resting throughout the night, some really good video packages, great, great promos, and some really cool, like interesting sort of story beats and things like that. But, I mean, 
it was also just a really good advert for next week's incredible week of AEW television because they have essentially put on a pay-per-view caliber couple of nights. Like Dynamite is its regular two hours, but it, it's the Grand Slam from Asher. Ash, what's it called again? Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe Stadium, sorry. The Asher Arthur Stadium. Um, they've got an incredible lineup for that. But also, Rampage on the Friday is two hours and is almost just as stacked. So, holy hell, Tempest. Like, it is nuts. Before, we, before I got into that, I wanted to at least joke that Ollie is off sick. And it's almost like... During the pandemic, anytime you say you're, oh, I'm under the weather, everyone's like, mm, you all right? And meanwhile, I'm here filling in and I've got a very like runny nose today. So I'm just going to be like blowing my nose throughout the show. Hopefully I remember to mute myself. But getting into the actual show, hell yeah, man, this card is stacked. Like they like to say that their special dynamites are like pay-per-view caliber and to some extent, some of them have been, but like the beach break shows and, and everything, it's like, it's just a really good episode of Dynamite. You know, this is a pay-per-view quality card with a pay-per-view, like a, the big, biggest show of the year caliber main event. Yeah, Brian oh, Danielson 100%. and Kenny Omega yeah, is on free TV next week. And I could not possibly be more excited about it. Yeah, so we, Ollie and I had this discussion last week when they said, you know, effectively told you, hey, by the way, Danielson, Danielson's first match in AEW is going to be against Kenny Omega. Like they had that segment in ringing and Kenny Omega was challenging him for a match and Omega was saying, you know what, like uh, you, it doesn't work like that. You can't just challenge the champion for a title match. So this week, Danielson was like, look, one day this will be over the title, but th at the moment, it's just about proving who the better man is. And so I, I we speculated that maybe this will be the main event of the Arthur Ashe show because it's AEW's biggest show to date. And I think they wanted to put on something that is an, an incredible main event. What bigger main event could AEW possibly put on at the moment than Omega versus Danielson? And we had a few people say, it's, it won't be that. They won't go straight into the singles match. Like there's, it's, it's too soon. To be doing that they'll do like a big 10-man tag or something it'll be the elite versus danielson cage and jurassic express maybe like frankie kazarian probably taking the pin as he always does uh but no they are doing the the match they're doing danielson versus omega on wednesday like a week from yesterday less than seven days away we're seeing a match that if you'd have told me at the start of the year would happen on free tv i would have said you're out of your freaking mind there's no way you're gonna see this match but yeah danielson omega it's so cool you know and some people might say that this is too soon i think that they are doing it right and just striking while the iron is hot this they have been on an incredible run lately, basically dating back to the return of fans, but really since the return of CM Punk. And every show has been mostly noteworthy and at many times great. And you are going to give possibly the biggest dream match that you have on paper, on TV, to bring in any new viewers that you may have gotten from this Brian Danielson thing. You're putting them against Kenny Omega. Yeah. 
it's just it's so not cool. The title. It's a non-title match, which I think will certainly lead people to think it's either going to be a Danielson win or a time limit draw. I still think, like with AEW, like whenever they zig, or whenever I think they're going to zig, they often zag. There's every chance that Omega wins this match, whether that's through like elites, like nefarious means or something like that. You know, the Bucks running out, Cole running out, the Goodfellas getting involved. Um, good, Goodfellas, the Good Brothers getting involved. Um, <laughs> the Goodfellas, um, all of the James and Drew. <laughs> The lovely boys getting involved. Um, like there's every chance that there could be something along those lines. I be I don't know if we have got uh, Mod Mother on the uh, on the moderating duty today. If we do, Mod Mother, if you are there, could you put up a poll? I would like to do see a test of who the audience thinks is going to win. Is it Danielson or is it Omega? Like, oh, actually, do the three options: Danielson, Omega, time limit draw. See what people think is going to be like the result of next week's show. I'd be very curious to see if Mod Mother is around. Um, <laughs> and also, you know, on on the note of is it too soon? Uh, you, I, I think you're kind of right there. You strike while the iron is hot. The other thing that I would say is I look at what happened when the nwo came in to wwe in 02 which is they thought they had time they so they did hogan rock and they were like that's cool because we can start with hogan rock and then we can do hogan versus the rest of them and they didn't get that in the end and we never got hogan versus austin because they thought we've got time and in the end that they didn't have time so I would much rather them do this now than something happening down the line, which means that we don't get to do it. At least if this is only the like the one time that it happens, and there's like there could be multiple times that this happens. But I, yeah, I think you're right. Strike while the iron is hot, and this is the match that people really want to see right now. So yeah, like do this, do this match like as, as soon as you possibly can, which is basically what they're doing. Yeah, if. If the question was like Brian Danielson beating Omega for the title at Arthur Ashe, then I would say yes, that's too soon. You're hot shotting a big, you know, title change that, you know, goes against the story that's been told of late. But that's not the case. We're just getting a really big dream match. And it's like an exhibition. It's different. It's a non-title match. So in that case, I don't think it's a problem. And I agree with everything that you just said. The, that's not the only big match on the card, though. As you said, like this is a pay-per-view quality thing. We have got the rematch of Malachi Black versus Cody Rhodes, Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker for the Women's Championship, MJF versus Brian Pillman Jr., and Sting is having a match next week with FT Smegging R. Oh, when when FTR got in the ring with Sting on this episode of Dynamite, because I thought that they were going to do Sting and Darby versus Spears and Blanchard. Like, I thought that's what they would do at the New York show. But FTR is actually a much better, like, that. that's a way more appealing option to me because I'm like, oh, yeah. When, oh, yeah. When, <laughs> when FTR got in the ring and they stood across from Sting, I was like, this must be so freaking cool for Dax and Cash. That was my exact thought process. As soon as they got in the ring, I just got like the biggest smile. I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. You right. know, that like that's cool. pretty neat. And then they announced the match for later in the show. And again, I was like, oh, that's so cool. 
You know, it's just uh, one yeah. of those times where the puzzle pieces fit perfectly together. And we don't we don't know how the match is going to go. Hopefully it goes well. But seeing Sting and FTR in a match together, who could have possibly imagined that happening four or five years ago? And now we're seeing Absolutely. it. It's, it's just so cool. And Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker, like I think that's going to have a lot of intrigue going into it. I think we're going to see a Baker retention. I think it's far too soon to be taking the belt off. It's also far too soon to be putting the belt onto uh, Ruby. However, it is in New York. And a lot of like Ruby's presence and everything has felt very New York centric. I think she's going to get an incredible reception there. But is it going to be bigger than the power of DMD? That's a that's the question, really. You know, Britt Baker is so ridiculously over, and. Ruby Soho has been such a fun addition to the women's division. Everything that she does feels different from everyone else. She's very dynamic in the ring. I really like that. I don't know who the people are going to back in this match. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's weird because Baker is still the heel, but she's popular, like organically popular. Well, they haven't turned her yet. They haven't turned her baby face. I don't know if they're going to turn her baby face at any point, but she gets a lot of baby face reactions. I don't know. I don't know what's going to yeah. happen. I do think she's going to win because I don't see this title reign ending before she faces Thunder Rosa. They also did a very interesting thing on the show tonight because like, they have kind of established in AEW that you win in your hometown. Like, you know, they yes. did the whole Britsburg thing. You had John Moxley pick up the victory over Minoru Suzuki when they were in Cincinnati. We have seen people in their home states or hometowns or whatever get big wins and get sort of showcase things. And then on this episode, legit Layla Hirsch from New Jersey and did a show in New Jersey, didn't win. She got beaten. Um, so that kind of then throws on a lot of doubts over the Ruby Soho thing next week, because all of a sudden the AEW rule of you win in your hometown has been thrown asunder. It's been cast aside in case of like, Hey, Maybe you don't know what's going to happen when you go see someone in their hometown. Yeah, I think I think basically if it's a big star who's going to be promoted for the show, I well, I don't know that this applies to Ruby Soho in particular because it's a big title match and everything. But as it pertains to, to TV, I think if you're a big star being promoted for the show in your hometown, you're probably going to get the win. It's just a matter of if you're a big enough star to warrant a win on TV or if it's a win on Dark or something like that. Because I could have seen Layla, uh, Layla Hirsch get a win, but they're not recording Dark in the cities anymore. It's Absolutely, a Universal yeah. Studio. I guess that would be why. But otherwise, I would have thought that she would have gotten a win there. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't foresee this playing into the next match as much. But in the cases of like John Moxley and Brian Pillman and everything... I think it's more the the top level guys that are going to get the big hometown pushes. So yeah, Rampage also next week is isn't just a one hour Rampage. It is a two hour show, and this bloody hell, this card. I will say though, I, I, you know, to to be a little negative Nancy for just one second, a little pessimistic Patricia. They've announced like ten or so matches, and only one of them is a women's match. That's still a problem, AEW. You need to sort that crap out, lads. However, announced for this show 
you've got Jericho and Hager versus the men of the year after a pretty great promo segment back and forth between Jericho and Dan Lambert, the homophobia stuff notwithstanding. You have got a wicked six-man tag of Jurassic Express and Christian Cage versus Super Click of the Young Bucks and Adam Cole. And CM Punk is having his second AEW match on Rampage against powerhouse Hobbs of Team Taz. All of a sudden, like, yeah, those two matches either side, pretty big. That match there, in the, like you've got in the sense there, CM Punk's second match. Yeah, it's against powerhouse Hobbs. But like Rampage is starting to feel like CM Punk's show. Like it's like that. Yeah, like right, like you know, he had his debut there. He's had like all of his stuff to be so focused on Rampage. And now he's having his second match in the company. Uh, it's it is a really strong lineup. It's a strong lineup, and I think they're doing a really good job of just making Rampage feel important. There's been a, a couple weeks where some of the matches on there are like, yeah, they're entertaining for sure, but nothing that you need to go out of your way to see. But they've done a pretty good job of at least making sure there was one match on that card every week that you need to see. And I can't I can't find fault in that at all. And I think it's just snowballing into this massive two-hour show with CM Punk now, you know. People thought that, oh, after a few weeks, maybe this is just going to be like the B show and important stuff isn't really going to happen. We're still like six weeks in or whatever, and CM Punk's wrestling on it. That's pretty major to me. Uh, so as a correction on myself as well, I believe there are two women's matches because I think Anna Jay is having a match. I would I'd imagine against the Bunny. I, I think yeah, that, that was what they announced, right. right? Is that on Rampage yeah. or is that on Dynamite? I think that's on Rampage. That might be on Rampage this week. Oh, okay. Okay, uh, let's get some clarification in the chat because I may have missed that one. Um, yeah. But yeah, just an insane run of like of, of two nights. Well, you know, across two nights there next week. Ratings wise, I think they're going to do, I mean, particularly Dynamite, I think is going to do a real big number with Omega Danielson and, you know, Malachi Black. Malachi Black has shown to be a pretty decent ratings draw for them. Sting is wrestling. I can see next week's Dynamite. I'm not going to say beat Raw. I don't think it's going to get that far, but like I think it is might end up being Dynamite's biggest number yet. I mean, I'm not going to put money on them like beating Raw or anything, but if it happens, I'm not going to be too surprised. This <laughs> yeah, should well, be yeah, the biggest that's... AEW maybe since their debut. And, you know, Raw's going against football now. They've got reasons that they should be doing worse. So unless they do a massive number with uh with the first appearance of Big E as new champion or something. I don't know. It's not the craziest thing in the world for me to think about. Uh so we have now people saying that it's uh, it's Anna J versus Penelope Ford next week. So uh yeah, there you go. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Um, right, well, let's get into your ultra chat and see what you make of all of this. Stephen Guzman said, here's how I think Mega versus Danielson will go down. Match is amazing. Go about 20 minutes and it does a time limit draw. Make sure the crowd leaves happy. They have Hangman Page return and save Danielson from the beatdown. I've seen a few people make the suggestion that this could be the return of Hangman Page. This is solid booking. You know, it's nothing like mind blowing. It doesn't need to be the huge angle moment, but it's just sound, logical booking. I'm perfectly yeah. fine with the, the the time limit draw. I think that is genuinely the best option of the three right now. Makes me want to see it more. And I totally believe that this match is going to be like the appetizer match where you finish it, you say, man, that was great, but you know that their next match for the title or whenever it's going to be is going to be like an hour-long best match of all time candidate. Um, and also people are now saying it is Anna Jay versus the Bunny. So I think this says a lot about <laughs> the promotion of this match. No one knows what show it's on. No one even really knows what the match is. I think AEW can certainly do better. Bacon Rasher says, uh, Ollie doing his news video today really does show how much you love AEW, love wrestling, and I'm here for the ride. Omega versus Danielson, OMG, and wow. Can you live stream next Wednesday? So happy being a wrestling fan now, uh, right now after years of hurt. Jam that jam. I would say, if I was not a, uh, expecting a, uh, a child anytime soon, and it really does feel like it's going to be in the next couple of days or so. And we're actually we, we were talking about this before we came on live. I'll probably end up watching Dynamite live next week. I won't be around to do the review, but I probably will be there watching it live because I'm likely just going to be awake anyway with the bab. And I'm you know it'll be baby's first wrestling show. 
if I wasn't around, I think we would end up doing a live stream of it. But if you're relying on Ollie Davis to do a live stream or something <laughs> on a Wednesday, and he's got to get up and review it the following day, oh, you, you be, he's a tired little bunny. I'm not sure. I maybe we'll try and work something out though, because I would, I, I think it'd be great to do some live reactions to it. I mean, it's, it's Danielson Omega. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Exactly. Like it really right. doesn't for a TV show. It doesn't get much bigger. Uh, Lakshim Narashman, sorry if I've said that wrong, uh, said the good thing is they've established that Dragon versus Omega match would be non-title, so the wins and losses system is not broken. I was worried that they would end up the same way as the wildcard BS. I, I think AEW are quite protective of the, the whole wins and losses matter thing, so I think that that's why I said last week, I made the prediction last week that it would be a non-title match. They'll do a singles match and it'd be non-title because that's a way to get around the whole you're getting a title match on your first night in. And Trenton Brown says, a part of me feels that Danielson Omega match is too soon. But then I remember when Brian first came back when he was cleared by W Medical and his first big feud was against Big Cash. So yeah, why not strike on the dream match while that iron is hot? Uh, that's a very good point. They were, also, point. <laughs> they were also doing like Danielson versus Andrade and Daniel, like it felt like Danielson versus AJ as well. They were just like throwaway matches on SmackDown. But his main feud was with Big Ass. Big Ass. Big Ass. And then we got that Miz feud that a lot of people thought was going to be like amazing. And we got a bunch of two-star matches out of it. <sighs> uh, we I mean, never got the dream matches that we should have gotten from the return of Daniel Bryan in WWE. And I'm not over it. Tempest, what are you talking about? The the dream match that we got was at WrestleMania when he was tagging with Shane McMahon against uh, Steen and Generico, and he spent 95% of the match on the outside injured. <laughs> it's just what the fans wanted to see from the Danielson return. Um, and lastly for now, Deadpunk1905 says, even after seven years away, it's still never a guarantee that a table is going to break for CM Punk. First time anyone has been put through the announce table, usually it's the timekeeper's table. Great show. AEW is on a hell of a roll. Jam that gem. Very good point, actually. This was like, it felt like one of the first big tape. I, mean, I think we have had announcer's table stuff in the past. I feel like we had it during the pandemic era. But they don't do it a lot, which uh, I think sort of say, you know, screams to what Dead Punk is saying there. Where I can't even think what the last one was. Yeah, agreed. Agreed for sure. It's just another way of keeping things fresh. Uh, we have closed the poll. Thank you all so much of you that voted in said poll. Uh, about half of you did looking at it. Uh, time limit draw was the out and out winner. 59% of you think that it's going to go to a time limit draw. 24%, however, think it will be a Danielson win. 16% said Omega. Now, what's interesting is like that's 24, 16 and 24 aren't hugely apart in terms mm -hmm. of like when you think, you know, like 835, uh, sorry, 835 people voted. So that's still fairly split on the yeah. old uh, Danielson Omega front of which one's actually going to get the win. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. This could go any way. And I, I'm leaning towards there being a time limit draw for sure. But I have enough faith in AEW's booking that if they go any of these three directions, they'll make it work.
Right, well, let's get through the rest of this show. Uh, CM Punk opened up this show doing his big stage dive into the crowd because he was set to provide commentary for the whole night, but old Team Taz had some things to say about that a little bit later on. But I, oh man, I really enjoyed Punk on commentary tonight. Yeah, it was interesting to me because I guess, I don't know what I was expecting out of it, really. Because when CM Punk was on commentary for WWE, he was like a commentator. He wasn't like an active wrestler. He was doing it when he was uh, when he was injured and he was recovering. This time, he's like, I'm an active wrestler. So a lot of what he would say about the matches in the ring, he would relate back to himself. And I was like, oh, I kind of like that, you know? Just kind of like it gives him something to do on this show without having to do a promo or be in a match. And then later we got the segment, but it just kept him very relevant throughout the show while adding a lot to the matches. And he was here to add a lot to this first match. Bloody hell, what a way to open Dynamite this week. Frankie Kazarian versus Adam Cole, baby. Bloody hell, that pop for Adam Cole was insane. Can you imagine this guy, presumably a manager on the main rise? Ludicrous. According to some reports, according Cole, to himself, some reports. Cole himself has said that he never heard that pitch. That doesn't mean the pitch didn't happen. It's just that pitch never made it to him. But yeah, like is he heard other pitches instead. Ludicrous. This man is like one of the biggest stars in wrestling. He's got a cool catchphrase. He's a good wrestler. He's got the look, and he's having matches like this. What's what I find interesting about Adam Cole when he makes his entrance into you know for for Dynamite here, and someone made the point as well. Like this is the largest crowd we've seen Adam Cole in front of. You know, basically in that four year period, because although he was at Survivor Series and he did some stuff with on Raw and SmackDown. The he's mostly been in NXT in front of the the NXT crowd, and then you know, unfortunately, for the last year and a half or so, in front of no too little uh, amount of fans. And here he comes out in front of this thirteen thousand fan uh, arena place. And I was thinking when I was watching this, he got that reception here on AEW because he's Adam Cole. If he'd have come out on Raw or SmackDown, he would not have got this pop. Because that Raw and SmackDown audience aren't the audience that are there being like, that's Adam Cole, baby. I watched him in NXT. I watched him in Ring of Honor. I watched this stuff in New Japan and the Bullet Club and this and the other. They would have seen, here is a new guy. I'm, you know, now I need to find out what this new guy is all about because that's mostly the casual audience. And I, I wonder if WWE, had he gone to the main roster, could have got Cole to the position where he would have got this level of pop on raw or smackdown i don't want to say that it's impossible because adam cole is great and so good. i mean i feel like I, I'm, it's a rib on me at this point that i say like oh well if anybody can overcome wwe booking it's keith lee it's oscar nope so i want to say that if anyone can do it it would be adam cole but i've been proven wrong before uh, I don't I don't know that they would have ever been able to get him to this point just because the audience is so different. There would have to be so much more work going into putting Adam Cole in a top position and building him up to be a top star to get this kind of reaction in WWE. Whereas in AEW, there's such an appreciation that he's here. The they are so happy that he's here. 
He joined the party. It's like a big party every week. Everyone's having their little wrestling party in AEW. And Adam Cole is the cool kid that decided to come to the party. And everyone's so happy about it. Love Chugs. Just like he's Love such a, Chugs. Oh, what a, what a nice guy as well. Like, I know he's a heel. Boo hiss. Super click. What a heel. Story time. Boo hiss. But he posted up like they they posted up that video yesterday saying you know departy is come to an end now um you know the you know game to this end either have come to a close and he was just there and he had his head and stuff he was looking directly into the camera and my first thought was you have the kindest eyes and like you you still you you're still muted mate (laughs) i missed it i said he really does so yeah, I just we were talking about this on Quizzlemania last night. Like you know, Stephen Larson when they do Twitch raids on on Chugs' channel, like he's so appreciative of, of them and this any other night. I just yeah, a lot of love for Chugs. And yeah. this wasn't this wasn't like the the big five star Adam Cole thirty minute Johnny Gargano classics or anything like that. But it was sort of really fun match and Frankie Kazarian is really really good and. There was a lot of like Punk had some really interesting comments to make about both of them as well, because he hasn't really had a lot of interaction with Cole previously. And, you know, he'd gone to WWE by the time that Cole was making his rise through Ring of Honor. Uh, But he has had quite a lot with with Frankie. So there were some really interesting comments that he could make there for his history with both men. Uh, Kaz is so hugely underrated. And he all always has been like massively underrated by a lot of like uh, the, the larger wrestling promotions and i love watching him wrestle and i love watching him wrestle adam cole adam cole won with the his second attempt at the panama sunrise and hit the last shot for the win i this, it was a really really good opening match yeah as far as an opening match i don't think you were getting anything better than this on like a tel- <clears throat> pardon me on a television show if it's on a pay-per-view, yeah, you open it up with like an incredible match. It's a five-star, whatever. Here, they don't need to do a five-star match. You just do an excellent four-star match, and it blows people's mind because it's the first thing on the show. And I yeah. totally agree. Frankie Gazarian has been one of the most underrated guys in the world for so long. And getting to see him wrestle like a 15-minute opening match on national TV, that's pretty cool dude hasn't aged a day either like he looks exactly the same as like aside from the fact he doesn't have long hair anymore he looks like the frankie gazarian that i fell in love with in like the mid 2000s yeah yeah just another guy that i've always had such an appreciation for because he's the he's almost like a prototype of the kind of wrestler that i would want to model myself after where he he doesn't do the high flying stuff like he's not a high flyer but he can do it he's not the the technical wrestler but he can do it he's just a perfectly well-rounded wrestler and i love that i absolutely love that uh we've got a series of videos and interviews and stuff first up we had a video promo for lucha brothers versus butcher and blade which is taking place on rampage this coming friday it was taped tonight um you know, it's quite nice actually. Like they they put up the rankings yesterday, revealed the Butcher and Blade were in the first position on that rankings. And I was like, oh, that's actually pretty tidy, really. And like that's really smart long term thinking because you knew the Lucha Bros were going to win it all out. Like I'm talking about the booking side of things here. You knew the Lucha Bros were going to win uh, uh, all out, so you set up for their first title contenders to be 
two people that they used to be in a faction with, with Eddie Kingston. So could have done with a bit more TV time, bit more story going into it, but like you, there's a lot there for this video package. Yeah, and it should be a really good match because Butcher and the Blade are a very good tag team. You know, they haven't been portrayed at the level as far as like in kayfabe and, you know, just being title contenders and people that you would think about as like next in line to be champions. They're not that, but they are this perfect mid-tier tag team and a heel tag team that we now get to see. We get to see all the heel tag teams go for the titles. So we saw all the babyface tag teams face the Young Bucks. So exciting. There's so many possibilities now. Uh, however, the next one that we got here, which was um, the Fuego del Sol uh, cuts a promo with Sammy Guevara and he challenges Miro for another match at the TNT Championship and he's going to put his car on the line. And I'm like, ah, yes, because when I think Fuego del Sol, I think of that car that he's always with. You know, it's just. It's very old school mentality of like, I'll put my car on the line or, or this and the other. But like, it's it means diddly squat. So, like, it's hard for me to get like a vest of ads. Coins of Meltzer uh, and a few other places, I believe. This is leading to Miro versus Sammy as like the next big TNT title program. And like, you know, Fuego is essentially just there to be the, 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 the stuff of the appetizer for the Sammy feud. But yeah, this whole like putting a car on the line is like real weird. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of rinky dink, you know. Yeah. It's like I don't really care about that. I was super into the Fuego match that he had with uh, Miro on the debut episode of Rampage, just because that was different and there was the contract thing and all that, and that was good stuff. I don't. I think I would have preferred to see like Fuego go a different route than come back and get squashed by Miro again. But the, yeah. Uh, what do you know what would make this work though is when Miro squashes him because Miro cuts a promo later on where he said he's going to destroy Fuego and then destroy his car. I would like to see Miro destroy Fuego and pin him, and then he's gonna walk out to the parking lot, stand in front of the car, holding the belt up to the sky, and then a beam of light comes down from <laughs> the clouds and the car explodes. That's what I would like to see from all of this. Well, I hope that happens for you, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, bud. Uh, the next two was it just me, or were the next two segments played out of order? Oh, what were the next two segments? Because well, we had because we had MJF come out and he cuts this promo. So like, I will I'll get to my point first, and then we'll kind of go back and talk about the promo itself. So MJF comes out, and he cuts this promo on Pillman Junior, and then Pillman Junior runs down and like scares MJF off, mm. and MJF and Ward I sort of scamper up the ramps. Then they cut to a, a pre-taped video interview of Jr interviewing pillman jr I, if it was me i'd have put these the other way around you do the pillman jr interview and then mjf come out address that interview and then cut the promo on pillman senior and then pillman jr runs out to scare them off it the other way around seemed real weird it did feel very weird but personally to me i wasn't super impressed with the run-in from Brian Pillman, it felt a little bit awkward. Like he took forever to try and attack MJF. And so long that Wardlow was then able to get back in the ring and thwart him. It just, I don't know, all of that felt like a step off. But the promo Boy. left me with a very good lasting thought about Brian Pillman Jr. Because I thought this promo was like just absolutely excellent. Nailed the go home line and said, uh, you know, 
uh, you're not going to face a man. You're going to face a pillman. And that freaking means something. You know, there's yeah. weight in those words. You know, it's yeah. When Jay and it, having JR do the interview as well is such a smart move because JR's got that connection with his dad. Like JR was there, like when his dad died and things like that. And like, we've actually reviewed uh, the, the the show the the night when the Hillman died in our Rust Talk Extra archives on Patreon. And yeah, like it is Hillman Junior. I, I find fascinating because it clearly means so much to him, and he is a second generation wrestler of a guy who was never a top star somewhere. He was never the guy in any promotion, but he was everyone's favorite guy. And I think that really means a lot to, to Pillman Jr. And I think that he has got to like, I don't know whether he has a lot of like, or feels like there's a lot of weight and responsibility on his shoulder to live up to the Pillman name because he like Brian Pillman, Flying Brian is a legend of this sport and this industry without ever being a Hogan level guy. Like if you kind of see what I mean, I don't know. I'm yeah. trying to like find the words to, to, to make the, you know, make the, but like I thought the, the promo that Pillman Jr. cut was so like indicative of that and having JR set him up with those lines was like, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like it was a killer, like go home line to kind of get you excited for their match at Grand Slam next week. Yeah, and I hadn't really been super excited. I was kind of into it, you know. We're getting a new face facing MJF, like that's cool. But this was the promo that got me invested. They did their job there, and I totally yeah. agree everything that you just said about uh, Brian Pillman Senior, where he was—I don't know how to say it—but like one of the greatest mid card wrestlers yeah. of all time because he never hit the main event level. He should have WCW, but. Jim Hurd saw to that, but he was just so far ahead of his time. And I think as years have kind of gone by, you have a little bit more appreciation, at least from like the hardcore fans Yeah, that we've seen the, the dark side of the ring. And we know about the crazy WCW contract walkout signed with WWF thing. And that's so crazy, even by today's standards that I think people look back on Brian Pillman even more fondly these days. At least I hope they do. Yeah. And also not to take away from MJF's promo as well. Oh, yeah. MJF, like, hey, buries New Jersey for some great hometown heat. And then says, I'm going to have a conversation with, with Brian Pillman Sr. And he looks up and then says, oh, who am I kidding? And he looks down and starts cutting the promo. The nuclear heat he got for that was nuts. It was nuts. They weren't selling drinks in cans at this show because they were worried that fans were going to throw stuff in the ring. And we were talking about this in the website chat where we're like, all right, who's getting the most heat on this show? <laughs> you know? And when that started happening, I was like, oh, that's probably it. That's probably <laughs> can't it. can't imagine right? anything's topping that one. Um, and then backstage, Alex Marvez interviewed Jurassic Express and Christian Cage, uh, talking about how the elite dragged Cole out of development. And Cage had the line of that uh, Adam Cole is used to losing Wednesday Night Wars, so you're going to add Friday to that list as well. I know some people don't like the whole taking shots at any other, but like, I I like it. They're having yeah. fun. Everyone's having fun. Everyone's friends. Like uh, Christian, Christian's got. 
dozens upon dozens upon hundreds of friends in WWE and vice versa. They're just all having a like a laugh about it. I think people are getting their panties in a twist about it aren't seeing the bigger picture that no one either side is getting their pants in a twist about you know, whatever, <laughs> what anyone is saying. Yeah, I think that's the important part. Like, wrestling wars should be fun. And this is the first yeah. real wrestling war that we've had in like 20 years. And it's fun. And I'm not going to be upset at people taking shots either way. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, fun tag team match with FTR versus Dante Martin and Matt Seidel with FTR pitting up the victory. Not much to say about this match. Dante Martin's really, really good. FTR hit big rig for the win. Gives them a win uh, as they go into the Sting and Derby match next week. Do you have any thoughts on this one? Man, they sure love Dante Martin, don't they? Don't they They're oh, going yeah. this as soon as Darius comes back. I want Top Flight to be like the top tag team in AEW. I yeah. oh, so 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 good. And to me, this was a perfect example of I forget what they used to call it. It was like a maintenance segment where you just kind of move things along and not you don't need to have the big turning point in the feud or start something new. You're just having FTR go out and have a match with two guys, and it was fantastic. You know? Yeah. Uh, they it's talked like, about these. Go on. Just, just to quickly finish, uh, this was one of the only points in the show where I was like, okay, it feels like we're still in like the post pay per view two week or three week kind of lull that we usually go through after AEW pay per views, where the shows are still good, but they're not focusing on the next pay per view yet. And this was the match that kind of stood out to me as that, where it's just it's a really, really fun tag match that's on TV, just not a ton of extra purpose given to it. Uh, the commentators talked about the Suzuki incident, and I love that AEW have taken this internet meme and have turned it into the storyline now. <laughs> that's brilliant, man. Yeah, like, I think that's really smart. And like Archer and Suzuki got this promo challenging Mox and Kingston to a match at Grand Slam next week. Like, holy hell, man! That's also going to be a heck of a match. Cannot wait to see that. Yeah, I, I, I love the the ingenuity of of turning it into an angle. Yeah, I, I think it's just Tony Khan is a promoter and a booker of this generation. And he gets yeah. it. And you have a moment like this that's organic. And it's not huge like, oh, this is the next babyface star that we have to push. We got to go with this guy because the fans are into him. This is just a little thing that you can add to your show to make it even better. It's people something yeah. that people are into. And then you give it to them. It's what a novel concept. I have no idea what to make of what happened next. So Malachi Black comes out to cut a promo. It's a really, really cool Malachi Black. He's such an awesome presentation. I love it. And then he points to Rosario Dawson in the front of the crowd. And she's got a nightmare jacket on her, like the nightmare family thing. So he starts like cutting this promo on Rosario Dawson. Then Cody Rhodes appears from out of nowhere to attack Malachi Black. Rosario Dawson jumps. What the? Why was Rosario Dawson <laughs> getting involved in this? So, I mean, I popped huge for it because I love Rosario Dawson, but Rosario Dawson was there. Like, what was this? <laughs> that that's the thing, right? Because I also love Rosario Dawson. <laughs> like a lot. She's great. I felt like all of this could have been done like a lot smoother. It's like, okay, we need to get Rosario Dawson on the show. We need to have Malachi Black do his entrance and then cut a promo. We need Cody to come back. Let's 
stitch all those three together and it didn't it was real choppy but i love rosario dawson so i'm willing to give it a bit of a break do you think like the original plan was like oh we'll have like brandy Rhodes be in the front row or something and then brandy Rhodes can jump on the back and then we're like no i mean let's not get brandy back on tv for just a little bit she is recovering from you know pregnancy and this and the other she wants to spend time with her kid who else can we call well there is that jedi well we'll call a jedi instead and she could be front (laughs) rosario dawson jump on his back and bear in mind as well episode one of dynamite we had jay and silo and bob on this show we are a Dante and a Randall away from a clerk's lineup <laughs> appearing on Dynamite. It's not impossible. Let's make it happen, Tony. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Tony. That's what I want for the next few shows now. I want Dante, I want Randall, and I want Elias. Like just showing up. <laughs> Promote Clerks 3. <laughs> Uh, we then got the promo from uh, Bunny on Anna J, and then Anna J trying to cut a promo as well. But the Dark Order infighting continues. Dark Order is not fine. Uh, and then we had Dan Lambert come out to cut some more promos on the crowd, burying indie wrestling. And surprisingly to me, Jericho and Hager came out. And it shouldn't be surprising because Lambert set this up. Uh, whether it was last week or it was on the All Out show when he was talking about how he doesn't want to hear people sing fuzzy songs anymore. So he set this up, but I still didn't see this coming. And Jericho looked like he was having a lot of fun cutting promos with Lambert. The, there was some, uh, you know, some homophobia in this, which I don't think is great. Um, it's really not great. It's 2021, grow up. However, his things like I'm a fat face dip spit, like it was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I that was there was some, and the crowd were really into it as well. I think I would be shocked if Chris Jericho did not have on his bucket list like main event babyface run before yeah. this last turn because he'd never had it really. He was a an upper mid card in WWE back in like the Attitude Era, and then that's kind of what he was during like the 2004 era, and then again, a time and time again amongst his many returns. He never got that big run as the top babyface or a top babyface. And he looks like he's having so much fun just being the guy for AEW again. Oh, man. It's good stuff. I'm not yeah. super into to Dan Lambert and all that, I'll be oh, honest. He cuts what? really good promos. Love Lambert. I'm, I'm just... A lot of the times when I watch stuff on... AEW. I want to be excited about where things are going next. And when I watch Dan Lambert, never am I like, I can't wait for this angle to culminate. It's just like, all right, he's just going to talk for like five minutes and tell me why I'm a stupid Mark and <laughs> likes stupid wrestling. Which is like, yeah, it's a good promo. But yeah, he, he talked about like, oh, you're going to watch like, you know, 26 super kicks and then Canadian destroyers off the apron through six tables for a two. And then someone's going to kick out a two. And I was like, oh, I've seen that spot. Like, I've been yep. to that indie show. Yeah, yeah. And and yeah, I marked out for that, Dan Lambert. What are you going to do about it? <laughs> um, I think it's going to be a really fun match uh, next week on Rampage. And then more promos Gun Club cut a promo and correctly points out they're undefeated. Cool. Like, I could not care less about the gun club. You know, they're right. And if this is just a way for them to get like a tag title shot or something, maybe this is how they introduce trios titles. Could be. Yeah. 
you know, because yeah, yeah. they they said a lot like, oh, every combination and then the three of us together, we are all undefeated. Maybe there's something there. I don't know. That's purely speculation, but I do not care about these three guys. I'll be honest. <laughs> no, I don't think many people do. Um, I see some members of the uh, the the audience are upset because I pointed out a thing from a promo. Um, Jade Cargill uh, took on legit Layla Hirsch here. I have two words for my notes. Jade wins. Um, Jade's awesome. Like she's so so cool. Looks like a megastar already. Um, yeah, fine match. Just it was there to put Cargill over, and I guess it did its job in doing that. Yep, pretty much. And it got Layla Hirsch on the show too, which she got a nice little pop. And I I think she has a lot of potential, and she's very different. You know, she's very different in this women's division just because of her size. And mm-hmm. when you put her against Jade Cargill, who's very tall, that makes a for a hell of a visual. Uh, we had a recap of Andrade versus Pac with uh, Andrade talking about kicking Chavo uh, out of his little act. Uh, and then we got the Team Taz segment where like uh, Taz just walks up to Punk and just starts shouting him about like how he's now stealing his job on commentary, which I thought was a really nice line, actually. And Hook distracted Punk so that Hobbs could attack him from the back and put him not quite through the table, but certainly on and off the table. Um, Japanese tables, these were. Um <laughs> But yeah, cool. I thought this was really, really nice as well because again, I, I didn't didn't really see it coming, and it was a wait. Like putting Punk out there on commentary and advertising he was going to be there on commentary was the red herring to set this angle up, which I really enjoyed. Yeah, I thought it was very. It's very simple pro wrestling, just done well. You know, it, this wasn't anything mind blowing, but everyone did their part well, and it got heat on CM Punk, who up to this point has kind of been like, I'm happy to be here. Come watch my match against Darby Allen. Now he's going to be like, no, I'm going to kick your goddamn ass, Will Hobbs. And I'm excited to see, like, you know, fired up babyface CM Punk. Uh, Speaking of Team Taz as well, going to make a little bit of an announcement here. On tomorrow's WrestleTalk podcast, myself and Denise Salcedo will be joined by the FTW champion, Absolute Ricky Starks. We are very, very excited to have Ricky on the show. He's going to be here for like the first 20 minutes, half an hour of it. So yeah, get in your ultra chat questions uh, to Ricky. We are super excited to have him on the show because, you know, he is a name that like Punk has said his name a lot since he's come back. So I'm very, very excited to be talking to Ricky tomorrow. Yeah, that's going to be so cool. I mean, Ricky Starks is not, he wasn't one of the guys who was there from like the very beginning, but I still very much consider him to be like an AEW project. And he's in that same kind of tier as like the Jungle Boys, the Darby Allens, the up and coming young guys that are going to be the main event talent. Just, I don't know, four years from now, five years from now. Yes, really excited to have him on the show. Yeah. Uh, up next, we had Sean Spears versus Darby Allen. Spears got a, a a promo beforehand, which was a very good promo, actually. What the, the thing I really wanted to mention about this match, really fun match this was, by the way, with a really, really good finish as well. The teasing of the C4 on the steps, and then Darby Allen sort of like barrel rolls through the ropes and knocks him off those steps to hit the coffin drop for the win. Really fun finish. But one of the things that I think that AEW does really, really well is and this is going to sound like such a basic bitch comment i appreciate that when i say like when i okay, so when i say the words you're going to be like what nah, doy but you i'll get to my point in a second they have a re- they do a really good job of wins and losses and 
Yeah, Nadoi, of course. No, reason- put that over, Luke. Put that over. We've been watching a company give absolutely no dams about <laughs> wins and losses for so long. We can celebrate wins and losses mattering. But Sean Spears and Darby Allen both came out here. Bearing in mind that Darby Allen, you know, he lost at the pay-per-view uh, against CM Punk. And Sean Spears, I don't think I've seen win on TV since probably like, I don't know, Fighter Fest last year or something. He's probably won like a couple of other things, but I don't remember like any really big Sean Spears wins. And yeah. yet when Sean Spears comes out, his Titantron like thing, you know, his name bar thing gives his win loss record. His win loss record is really, really impressive. And he's on like this eight match winning streak. So it's like, I think the AEW do a really good job of using their other TV shows to give guys wins so that when they come onto Dynamite, they have got these impressive win loss records behind them, which makes these matches feel even more special. And it's such a simple thing. And I think it's something that AEW do exceptionally well. Actually, I thought about this during All Out as well, because like every single person on All Out had a really good win-loss record. And I was like, like, man, that's really super impressive. And you get it again here on Dynamite. I I really, really like it. For a guy like Sean Spears as well, who feels like he doesn't get a huge amount in, in AEW. Yeah, he came out here. He's got more wins this year than he's got losses. That's That's great. Yeah. I think it just absolutely speaks to a lot of people gave AEW a lot of flack for the win-loss records and the rankings and all that. And they've not been flawless by any means, mm-hmm. but oh, I nice. think they they have stuck with their guns about how this system works. And as long as you do that, I'm cool with it. And then they're able to use AEW Dark and Dark Elevation to make sure that all of their, I don't know, I wouldn't say main event talent, but featured talent at least can go out and lose matches on television like this, but still have a very strong win loss record. It just makes sense. Yeah. And you know, stat padding. It works for yeah. me. Yeah. Um, FCR after the match, this will be talked about this earlier. FCR attacked sting and Darby Allen and gave the spot sting in 2021 took a spike pile driver from FTR. Crazy. I mean, <laughs> It's insane, right? It's insane. And I and I'm Ooh. I'm here for it. What a world we live in. What it's just world. it's just inconceivable. And it's just so cool at the same time. Uh and then we had the segment with Danielson and Kenny Omega. Um really, really good stuff from Danielson here, having a pop at um Don Callis calling him a, a carny piece of spit. Um uh Callis, like you know, trying to turn down the match with, with Omega and things like that. I came here to talk to Kenny Omega. I came here to be face to face with the best out machine, not surrounded by stooges. Um oh, I loved Danielson in this segment. What I really liked about this actually was the slight little detail that Omega brought to this. Because everyone's kind of making the joke about the fact that Daniel that Danielson has just been wearing a white t-shirt. Just this plain white t-shirt is basically what he is like. That's his merchandise in AEW is this plain white t-shirt. So Kenny Omega also wore a plain white T-shirt this week. <laughs> you just go out with these extravagant things. No, Kenny Omega wore a plain white T-shirt this week as if to mock Danielson for doing so. I thought this segment was awesome. I thought this was just brilliant. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> like brilliant. you've got you've got the modern day Bachwinkle and Heenan in Kenny Omega and Don Callis. And then just the modern day super mega awesome baby face in Brian Danielson. And everyone did a fantastic job here. And I personally really love 
the idea that Brian Danielson is pointing out that the elite are insecure. Yeah. I love that storyline detail because if it has never been like overtly said throughout his career, but if you look at Kenny Omega's career, the entire time his biggest characteristic has always been that he's insecure as a performer the character is insecure is insecure of kota ibushi's success and he joined bullet club and it just on and on and on and then you get to aew and he's insecure he loses he's still he's left his heart in japan and he moves on again and he's got to add the dancing girls with the brooms and the big entrance and the north carolina thing and it's just all the things that he has to add on to himself to make up for that. And I think you're now like, you can point out little details and have it mean more to the storyline. Like, why does he have black hair now? He's insecure. He's changing his look. Yeah. I think it just works so well. It works so well. And it's such fine attention to detail. And I love that nuance and subtlety in pro wrestling. Magnifique. Uh, Matt Hardy cut a promo on Orange Cassidy and then we got our main event of John Moxley and Eddie Kingston versus 2.0 just to give um, uh, Moxley and Kingston a tag win before they have their match against Suzuki Goon uh, on Grand Slam and Suzuki came out at the end of this show and I thought they were going to do the Suzuki incident twice like I thought they were going to do it as a running gag but we actually got the full Kazanin array for this week and the two teams brawled as the show went off the air. Fun angle, actually, to, to cap the show off. Um, but yeah, like I was, the, the crowd seemed so much more into Danielson and oh, uh, Danielson and Omega and Cole and, and the Elite and this and the other. That they weren't hugely hot for, for this brawl, but it, I thought it was a really, really great brawl. Uh, fun way to end the show. Yeah, I know they don't seem to like ending their shows with promo segments and stuff like that. But I think this is one of the times where it would have been warranted, where that promo segment was so awesome. And this this came out for the main event. I was like, that's the main event? Really? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. And it was a good match and everything, but it just it didn't feel like a main event. And I guess they just wanted to do it so they could do the Kaze Nina Ray uh, thing and then all that. Which is like, eh, it's fine. I just, if yeah. it was me, I would have swapped it. I do like that doesn't matter what building it, they, they seem to be in. People are doing Kaze Nina Ray. That's oh, yeah. cool. That's cool. Well, they're all wrestling I, fans. Like these are hardcore wrestling fans thing. that have been watching New Japan. Like they know, like you put these people in a building and they're popping that big for Adam Cole. Guess what? They also know what Kaze Nina Ray is. And like, they have sung that song at like at karaoke bars or what have yeah. you, because <laughs> they have been, but they, those are those sorts of wrestling fans. That's what that's who AEW appeals to. Yeah, I remember there was a Ring of Honor show like maybe five years ago or so, maybe four years ago. And um, I've gone dark. God damn it. Um, and they didn't do the Kaze Nina Ray bit for Minoru Suzuki. And he looked so sickened by this crowd not doing his little thing in the song. Not the case here. I love yeah. that these these fans are just wrestling fans. Oh, I would so go to every yeah. show if I could. <laughs> oh yeah, like I you know I've I've been to plenty of like uh, British indie shows where Suzuki was booked, Rev Pro shows in particular because of their relationship with New Japan and being parts of crowds singing Kaza Nina Ray and like we do it every single time. 
And yeah, it, it, it's the same yeah, when Keith Lee used to wrestle and you do the whole basking his glory stuff. Like it was, yeah, like I, yeah, it's, I need to go to more wrestling shows, is basically what I'm getting to. Um, scoring <laughs> this episode, I mean, I'm not going to be doing it anytime soon. Get on the way. Um, if you were to give this show a score, what are you giving it, Tempest? See, it's weird because if I if I scored it based on like the criteria that I use for like NXT, where if NXT has like one segment I would consider like a five out of five, I just will probably give the show a five out of five because it's at least something has reached that uh, that height. Giving an AEW show a five out of five, I feel like it's like oh, this has to be like mind blowing. I felt like this was a perfectly adequate go home show for the big episode of tv so i'd probably say four out of five but i loved a lot of things on this show yeah same here i was a four out of five kid as well uh we put this up to the community poll and you all said 54 percent of you in fact said it was a five out of five show 35 percent saying it was four out of five and then look at that eight percent three out of five one percent saying two two percent saying one like those bomb, like you know those those last bottom two there are just they're troll votes at this point. But yeah, fifty four percent over half of you saying it was a five out of five show, which is incredible to see. Yep, uh, I would disagree with it. If yeah. someone said that to me, I was like, yep, I, yeah, that's fine. I'm with you. Well, uh, if you want some more bonus content from us, when you head on over to patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, where Ollie and I uh, released WrestleTalk Extra this month, reviewing Ring of Honor All-Star Extravaganza from 2016, featuring an incredible triangle ladder match between um, uh, the Addiction, and he called them the Ascension, and the Addiction, Motor City Machine Guns, and the Young Bucks in Ladder War 6. It's also got Cole uh, versus Michael Elgin, Kyler Riley versus Hangman Page, um yeah a really dominant di- like what's it called is he t-bar t-bar is on the uh the card against bobby fish in the opening match for the tv title lots of like a really really interesting show we've got a lot to dive into on that as well because not only like you know we talk about ring of honor and everything like that we also go through like the observer from the time and it's a lot of talk about a certain Goldberg coming back into WWE and like the, the startings of those conversations. So really, really interesting time to look back at. And if you back us at the $25 level, you get a little bit extra. You get your name shouted out in shows like this with a wrestling nickname like these fine folks. James, easy to please. That's why nobody cares. Nepper. Yeah. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Very nice. Uh, Jordan, don't you dare call me Mountain Dew. Yeah. Thomas O. Ciampa. Golden Nick Holden. Smash the glass ceiling, CJ Slatten. Eric Baron Happy Corbin. <laughs> Oh, Lord. The Pagan Maker, William Pagan. Uh, Not Eugene, Andrew Dinsmore. Yeah. (laughs) The Machine Gun, Alex Anderson. Very nice. The Batsman, Nathan Batty. Yeah. 
And the name's Jablonski. Daniel C. Jablonski. Oh, very nice. That is your Hall of Fame class for the 16th of September, 2021. Let's get into the rest of your ultra chats. Boy, howdy. We have a lot of them. Uh, Emmanuel Toby says, Hey guys, first time Ultra Chatter. I live in Queens. I was on the fence about going to AEW Grand Slam. But as soon as they announced Danielson versus Omega, I bought my ticket. Can't wait. Dude, you are lucky you got one. Like you left that to the last possible moment. <laughs> yeah, I wish I was going. Um, Lakshmi says, On a side note, I hope CM Punk starts using the Pepsi Plunge again. Maybe not as a regular finisher, but like a move you only pull out at a mania, kind of like Taker's top rope plancher. I think it's a spot you save. Him hitting that Pepsi Plunge for the first time, you need to do that in like a big, big punk match. Yeah. I think you save that for like Punk versus Omega whenever they do that. There, there's a lot of those like old Ring of Honor type moves that I'm like, are they gonna do it? Like if if Danielson breaks out the Gary Goodridge elbow strikes while a guy's in his crucifix, I'll like pass out. <laughs> also, as well, like with Punk doing the Pepsi plant, it's got so much more. Like oh, there's yeah. a lot more behind it now these days. Absolutely. Uh, Travis Griffin says, Luke, to your point about people on Raw not knowing who Adam Cole is, at least doing the boom and baby thing with him. Enzo said he was worried about that as well when they debuted and the crowd knew the whole shtick. That was also like on the first, that was on a Mania show as well. So it was full yeah. of the traveling crowd, the hardcore fans. I don't think you can really uh, use the, the post Mania Raw as like an indication of anything. That's That's an outlier and not the norm. I would say so, yeah. I mean, the crowd did eventually like all pick up on it because it's very, very good. Like, it's a very good sing along thing to do. And like, once you've seen it once, you totally get it. Yeah. Uh, that's why it was great. Joey Robinson said, I felt like last night was a bad look for Malachi Black coming out looking like a business wizard to get beaten up by Cody and his reality TV show pal. I generally can't wait for this feud to be over and he can move on to something that doesn't have Cody stink on it. Uh, I like he adds, Cody. I like Cody as a worker, but his presentation and booking annoys me so much. And it seems to extend to all acts associated with the family. Always the weakest part of any dynamite. Great Quizzlemania yesterday. Adam's new round was fun to play at home. I sort of get what you mean with Cody. I know a lot of people aren't into Cody Islands. I do like Cody. I mean, I'm not hugely into the rematch because I think Cody's winning. But I, I, I don't, I don't dislike Cody. I like Cody. I'll be honest. I like Cody a lot, and that might be an unpopular opinion these days. But I'll, I'll own it. And no, the weakest part of any dynamite QT Marshall. <laughs> I don't know if he counts as like nightmare family extension and all that, but yeah. I would say so. I, I think it is a dart player, QT Marshall. Uh, Sean Cardia said, I love AEW so much. They give us things we never knew we wanted. Whoever thought we'd see a face-off between Malachi Black and Sakatano? There's a dream match I want to see. The Devil with Amnesia versus one of the greatest Jedi. Book it, Tony. 
Uh, and on that note, Ten Rosa said, Rosario Dawson being a judge with Cody on the big show show. I didn't think it would get her on Dynamite. Love punk on commentary. More of that, please. Dan Lambert, please go away. Put women on in his time. Love the elite. Bullet Club, please come on in. Oh, I like Dan Lambert. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but I think Lambert's awesome. Give it time with the Bullet Club. I, I would be shocked. I don't know when that's going to happen. Like, they've got so much cool stuff coming. And once the, the you know, travel to Japan is a lot easier. Oh, man. Like, it might be like a year from now, a little more than a year from now. But that's, that's got my motor running. Uh, on the Moxley Suzuki thing, the guilty hat said, given the trend on Twitter over the week, can we get the wrestle talk statement on the Suzuki incident? I'm sure it might get used in the inevitable dark side of the ring episode. (laughs) 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 AEW getting in on the joke, put a smile on my face. Yeah, mine too. You or I mean, everyone remembers where they were with with, with the Suzuki incident. Everyone remembers where they were. The day the music stopped. <laughs> uh, do you mind if I hot tag to you for, for a moment through some of these ultra chats? Absolutely. The Portuguese Mr. Davis says, hey, lads, always consistent. Great show. Awesome wrestling. However, feel the feel like Brian V. Omega should be later, but I can't understand their perspective. Also, can't wait for Archer and Suzuki versus Box in Kingston. Love y'all. Hope you're feeling better, Ollie. No. Ooh. Ooh, Ollie. Ooh. <laughs> uh steven guzman says ollie and luke i love you i love you guys but i'm just i'm i'm to just gloat because i am doing oh my goodness i'm struggling i'm just going to gloat because i'm going to be at aew grand slam and holy s word this is practically a pay-per-view i'm going to get to see the dream match between omega and danielson cm punk wrestle minoru freaking suzuki cannot wait also i also god i really want to see lucha bros versus darby and sting at one point I don't know why, but I'm dying to see Penta and Sting face off. That's an interesting one. I didn't know I wanted that until now, but you're right. I do want that. Yeah, that sounds fun. My Owen opinion says JR was suspiciously quiet when Jericho referenced Escape from New York in his promo and when it was discussed further by CM Punk on commentary, because as we know from from WrestleMania 20, JR apparently hates that movie. That's interesting. What happened at WrestleMania 20 where JR hates on Escape from New York? I don't remember that. I don't either. I'll have to go back and watch WrestleMania 20 again. I reviewed that show for WrestleTalk Extra as well. (laughs) How often do you listen to every line and commentary? (laughs) Look down at your phone one time. You've missed missed the comments of Escape from New York. Oh, well. Uh, Jared Hazelwood says Andrade and Spears, I think did a lot for themselves last night. Andrade feels like a Gotham city mob boss and Spears feels like a great insecure bastard. AEW might always find the right character for people instantly, but your patience pays off. Agreed. Perfect example. I was just going to say that like the characters for guys like Andrade Miro and Malachi black are so distinct, but also like cool. Love Mm -hmm. that stuff. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, Michaela, Traub? 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 Uh, sorry for butchering your name. Hey, friends, I'm a pandemic-era fan, so I've only been watching wrestling since, like, May 2020. This was my first ever live wrestling show, and it was amazing. Oh, yay. Eddie and Archer and Mox and Suzuki brawled right in front of us. Cody came right out beside us, too, and brawled with Malachi above us. Five out of five live show. I'm a happy girl. I'll be there next week, too. Keep an eye out for the Dark Order Elevation match. I love AEW. I love wrestling. Thank you to my bro, Rob, and thank you. 
I'm so happy to learn about wrestling. What a positive message. That's great. I love, love, love seeing that sort of thing. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Bacon Rasher says, hi, lads. It's quite the contrasting NXT whatever point oh. Then AEW. What a difference. Miro needs a tank to crush that car. And when Hook <laughs> and Punk finally tag together, they are going to have to be called Hunk. I'm so happy. Jammy, jam, jam. I was 37 on the 5th of September. Hashtag D-A-D. Hashtag jam that jam. Uh, a happy birthday for September 5th. Oh, yeah. Yeah, happy birthday, Bacon Rasher. Uh, Rob P says, I've been watching wrestling since 1996, and last night was my first TV taping live. I can't begin to describe the joy I felt from start to finish. Thank you, AEW. That promo battle between Dr. Britt Baker and Ruby Soho was epic. Can't wait for the super click. That must be on Rampage, right? Perhaps. Perhaps that was a spoiler. I haven't read uh, Rampage spoilers. Um, but yeah, there must, be a, there must be a promo segment between the two. That, that sounds really cool. Oh, yeah. I love promo battles. They don't do them super often in AEW, but I love them. Uh, Paul Egan says, Suzuki incident resolved. A very sweary episode with some very sweary boys. How does every Dynamite feel like the best one? Well, with this, with next week's Stack Grand Slam, there, that's certainly going to be the case again. AEW right now is just an awesome and fun show. It was a very sweary show. A yep. very sweary show last night. I feel like they have to have been given a memo or something to like... Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Use the S word in like every segment. Just have fun. And somehow Teenagers Chuck Taylor still it. hasn't said it. <laughs> <laughs> that should always be the joke, though, that Taylor never gets. Yeah, exactly. I love it. Charles Berg says, wow, everybody in AEW curses like a sailor. I feel like calling someone a piece <laughs> of S word has diminishing returns especially when basically everyone uses the same insult. Love the Lambert Jericho promo. I'm going to a casino for the first time this weekend. Well, Good for you, fun. Charles Lambert. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of get what you're saying about like it has diminishing returns or a while. Like I, I think it's the same with like, you know, calling someone a, a bitch in a wrestling promo after a while. It's like, it loses all meaning. I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. No, I, I get it. I think, yeah, I think it's work. cool for like Don Callis because it's a thing yeah. now. But, but they were in Jersey as well. And I hear that's a trash place. So, you know, you get trash language. Yeah, that's what I hear. I've never, I've, I've never been to Jersey, so I don't know. I've just been told it's a trash place. <laughs> uh, Rangers Mayhem says, I was at last night's show and it was pure fun in my fakeador shirt. From nice. giving MJF a warm Jersey welcome, David LaGrace <laughs> from Busted Open Radio behind me, and Archer so cool. and Kingston brawler in the seat next to me. Elevation and Rampage are shows uh, to be watched. Well, that's very that's, that's very promising so cool. i want to say as well I, I think i think new jersey's great i'm just gonna for, for, <laughs> the sake, for the sake of billy balance uh jersey's also awesome i love kevin smith you baby face you travis griffin new York jersey devils close enough travis griffin says since aew said they would be they would so, so since aew said they would so several well, I don't know. This is. Do, this has... I think that was going to be do several episodes. Do several, do episodes. several special shows a year. Could we see them do three hour dynamite specials? God, no. Well, see, this it's... is the thing. We said this on the show last night, didn't we? That, like, I don't want to see a three hour dynamite, right? Like, I, do, I don't want to see it because it. it's something you it's something you think you want and you don't want. But, you know, four times a year, three times a year, maybe. 
like as a special thing, I think as a, as a one-off thing, it's not a terrible idea. But a three-hour weekly show, I think, is where I, I I don't want that at all. I don't want it to get to the point where WWE was doing like one every other month, like a decade ago, before the yeah. three-hour Raws were a weekly thing. I just don't. It's a slippery slope that I want to avoid for as long as possible. You could add an extra hour to next week's show, and I wouldn't complain. But not every show is next week's show, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Will Campbell says, hey, guys, super excited for next week's show after last night. I'll be there at Arthur Ashe with my younger sister for her birthday. Well, tell your Every- sister happy birthday. Everyone is going to this show. Also, happy birthday to your sister. But everyone's going <laughs> to this show. It has truly made me fall back in love with pro wrestling. I found myself many times during last night's show saying out loud, I effing love pro wrestling. I totally agree, Noah Fortner. Like, I hear that. Like, I get it a lot with, I'm like, man, I just like watching Dynamite. I, I just yeah. I really enjoy watching this show. Like, Quizzlemania ended and I ate my dinner and I was like, oh, yeah, Dynamite's on tonight. <laughs> a show I like. Oh, man. Lasso says, morning, guys. I was at the show last night and it was my first live event. I'm also going to be at Grand Slam show next week and I'm getting very excited with all the announcements that I lost my voice. Quick question, NWO versus Bullet Club, who is better? Oh, my. I mean, better as in more talented and everything? It's got to be Bullet Club, but, I mean, the NWO is arguably the most important faction in wrestling history. Yeah, I think think I'm going to have to go NWO in in that sense. You're right, like in-ring work, matches I'd like to rewatch. Yeah, I'm going Bullet Club. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You could consider the elite to be Bullet Club, and they spawned a whole new company, so maybe they're gonna have more impact. And then yeah. when all said and done, you never know. Sixty nine intangible Sadie Deegan says, "What's up, Thursday Cowboy Tempest? What are you doing in the AEW zone? Love Dynamite last night. MJF is the freaking goat. If Black doesn't win next week, I shall walk into the ocean. <laughs> Mister Rhodes, please don't ruin my emo son. Love you both. Liw for life." Oh, I'm going to miss Sadie Deegan as she walks into the ocean. Yeah, don't do that. We like having you around, Sadie. Uh, Ten Ruzza says, The game of Will Luke Have to Leave Midstream continues, but my God, this is insane. Grand Slam is going to be insane. Again, the FOMO is so big. I hope Hangman comes in, and who knows who else will show up. Hope Brian and Kenny will be NJPW style. Hashtag love AEW. I'm so excited to see what Brian does. The whole Luke has to leave midstream game is going to be real exciting tomorrow when I've got Ricky Starks on. Yeah. That's going to be a real, that's, For that's real. And leaving Denise on her own. Oh, that yep. might be the most exciting oh, one. That might be the oh most boy. exciting stream. The uh, H Train 24 says the AEW pay per view was my biggest wrestling markout moment of the year. My second biggest, the lovely boys being a tag <laughs> team last night. My two favorite people are really entertaining on one team. Yes, please. And Luke Owen, I am happy beyond words. D A D. Doing your Thank you so, so you. much. Thank you, Dot Train. Uh, Nathan Vela says, oftentimes in WWE, we get upset when the champion is pinned clean despite during championship contenders matches. Not saying this is a championship contenders match, but would Danielson pinning Omega clean with no interference be detrimental to Omega? Depending on how they book the match. Like yeah. you can get it, you can look incredible in defeat. Look at, uh, you know, Omega's first match with Akada. Like that, like yeah. established Omega as like a top guy. Excellent. It can happen. It, uh, it absolutely can. 
it, it can it, i don't think him losing next week will hurt particularly because it's danielson um but i also think that they will they will make sure that the match is put on if like danielson goes in there and squashes him that's a different story but i don't think that's what we're gonna get no um I'll I'll hot tag back in. I'll, I'll take us home. Alpaca Nation 87 said, still can't believe we're getting this match in a week. The logical ending is the time limit. Feel like it would sour some, but for free TV, I'm perfectly fine with it. Powerhouse Hobbs beat down a punk gave me PTSD flashback to Ryback. I was so nervous. <laughs> Eternal Bullet says, um, Howdy do, DAD and Strawberry Squidward. Lovely show as always, especially this part month-ish. What whiplash from NXT 3.0 and Raw. It's incredible that the two major companies are like oil and water. Or more, oil but renamed to Slippy McSmooth. Um, Patrick Kaniski. Maybe I missed the memo, but where has Trent been when the best friend? I think he's injured. Yeah, he had uh, neck fusion surgery, so he'll probably be out until like next spring. Yeah. Uh, Bo Hill, there was a promo package for the Bunny and a J match on Rampage detailing their feud, not to say that uh, this one wasn't promoted well, to Hook did a wrestling thing. He did, but I, as a, to my point earlier, Bo, no one knew when that match was or who the match was actually uh, about. They did have a promo segment, which we covered, but like it's not like this was, This didn't get like, you know, Dan Lambert and Chris Jericho current promos and show. This got like the smallest of the build, in, you know, all the matches that are happening on the two nights. Yeah, pretty much. It's it's also the least important match on the two nights, mm-hmm. but you could also make it not that. Uh, RT Magico, hey guys, first time Ultra Chatter, love Rest Talk. My bold prediction AEW will beat Raw's numbers in a year's time. Jam that jam. Uh, Kevin, uh, who was clearly watching Quizlemania last night, has just written Get Over Here multiple times over. That was your one, wasn't it? Get Over Here. Uh, no, that wasn't me. I forget who that was. Who did you, what uh, phrase did you have? Um, I did, uh, Tomasa Ciampa's song, um, which was, uh, hey, listen. Hey, hey, listen. Yeah, which is, I've got a Navi tattoo. So that's appropriate. Why would you get a a Navi tattoo? Like, Navi sucks. I don't know. (laughs) Why not? It was was a flash piece. Um, I forget what the other one was. Yeah. Apparently it was Larson had get over here because I had press F for respects, which was real hard. Um, Van Twinblade can't wait for John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt versus John Jacob, John Jacob Jingleheimer, Jingleheimer Schmidt. Adam Simpson, not here at the moment, watching film number 100 since May at Cineworld. That is insane, Adam, and congratulations to you. Um, Also, our Cineworld show will be out tomorrow. It's me and Laurie this week because Ollie's not well. Um, That cold Kaz match was amazing. Just makes me want to watch Brian versus Kaz now. Two-hour rampage will be fun. Can we take a moment for uh, for Fuego as I don't think he'll have any fun on Friday? Uh, Keith Lloyd. The title of this video should have been Everyone Hates New Jersey. I thought this was a five out of five show for me. Just a burial of the for just a burial on that taint of a city alone. Also, Tempest, who has the best fall away slam? I really do like that move. Oh man. Put me on the spot. I don't know who's got the best one, but like Hangman Page does a good one. I think Jeff Cobb does a really good one. If you count Bandito's like moonsault fall away slam, then that one. JBL, 
Bradshaw would fling dudes across the ring with that move. That's a good one too. Uh, Zornis uh, said, we had 10 results, um, we had a comment from him, but I think we've read that one out earlier. Uh, the Zornis, do you remember who is the first women we see in the AEW trailer? And the trailer is up to date. CM Punk is in it. If you can't remember or imagine, it's Brandy. Do you think that's fair? Hope is going well. LIW for life. Good luck with the baby. Is it really Brandy in the opening trail? Uh, you could have said any name and I would have been like, yeah, sure. I yeah, I, I I agree, Zornis. I don't think that is fair. Um, Lakshmi says, uh, I hope that someone as awesome as Britt Baker stays in AEW till retirement. I can already see what would happen if she jumps ship. Britt Baker, DDS, the long-lost daughter of Isaac Yankum. No, no, they're not doing second-generation things at the moment, so I don't know no. if they would do that in the end. Um, Andrew, the last airbender, last night was an incredible show. My first ever show was definitely one to remember. I got to see Punk, Brian, Cole, Soho, Jericho, and freaking Suzuki. It was a wild night. Got to see myself on TV because Cody stole my drink and hit black with it. Hey, that was you. Oh, that was such a cool moment. Oh, God, that's so awesome, Andrew. That was rad. Um, and lastly for now, uh, Stephen P says, popping my Omega chat cherry today. Is it just me? Or does it sound like Luke Owen does the vocals for Paul White's theme? <laughs> I heard his singing voice the other day, and now whenever I hear it, all I hear is, the, I mean, a lot of my singing that I do is based on my beach. When is the beach true? At the big beach true tonight. So yeah, I, I, you know, it's that, and it's essentially the voice I've done for Eddie Vedder over the years. Um, whenever someone says, like, what's your favorite Pearl Jam song? The one that goes, that's my favorite Pearl Jam track. <laughs> I also, I think like, I I started loving Pearl Jam like ironically because of Eddie Vedder's voice, and then just ended up <laughs> loving the band anyway. Oh, they're so good though, right? Like Pearl Jam Rule Ten is like an all-time great album. Uh, but I saw Pearl Jam live, and like, there were times where I'm like, I don't think Eddie Vedder's saying a single word here. I think he's just, you know, <laughs> singing all vowels. Um, and we've just had a last minute one come in from Dorks of Wrestling. Totally under the weather right now. Here's $5 for making me laugh today. Super cool to see Tempest. Jam that jam. L-I-W for life. How was your barbecue last week? Ooh, my barbecue was lovely. It was a smaller gathering than this friend group is used to, but I mean, you know, it's the time we live in. It's fine. That was like the best that I'd eaten in so long, you know? Oh, just my friend loves to cook. That's just his thing. He loves to get on his grill and just cook as many different kinds of ribs and chicken and steak and whatever your heart desires may be all with different rubs and oh he got like a $2,400 grill that has an app that you could then like adjust all of the temperatures at any point like we went to a driving range and he was like turn the heat down on that and and then 15 minutes later i'm going to turn the heat up on that i was like this is the future this grill is going to like take over the world it's too smart for us what a, what a meal though just excellent food i love good food yeah yeah love to hear that uh, have you got another barbecue this weekend what do you got on uh that is an excellent question i think unless i'm mistaken 
shocker it's me i think i'm having like a wrestling night with a friend i haven't seen in a while oh yeah because she has been pretty through and through wwe fan and just hasn't really branched out as much we're gonna see if we can change that <laughs> you should, so you're watching all out right that's the plan yeah planning to, I, to show uh, yeah. her all out which it's the best pay-per-view i've ever seen the more i think about it i'm like it's the best show that i've ever seen i will be so interested to hear your thoughts on a second watch through because i i watched it for a second time uh this week in fact actually on monday while i was editing i had all out and in the background i enjoyed it so much more on the second watch through and like i loved it first time around the second watch i i was like this is an incredible show and matches that i thought previously were like yeah no that was pretty good now i'm like dude that match ruled like punk allen i said at the time i, I said to adam when he came into the office he said how was the punk allen match well actually now adam, he you know he had his thoughts on it he's i wonder what i thought of because he'd watched it live and i said it was exactly what it needed to be it was showing us what new punk is also first match back in seven years he looked great he made derby look great it was exactly what it needs to be Watching the match back, I'm like, that match was so much better than I gave it credit for. It's a really, really great match. CM Punk does the little uh, the little Bret Hart head turn. I was like, yeah. best match. Best match. Love it. <laughs> awesome. You know, Darby does like a snapmare or something, and Punk just gives him a, oh, this is yeah. going to be tougher than I thought. And I, oh. Subtle storytelling. I love it. I'm very interested because I haven't watched the pay-per-view back since... I was there and I didn't get to see any like the camera work or the commentary or any of the other bits. Right. So I'm, I'm very excited really to, to do that at some point. I only right. had one negative it? note about the, I only had one negative note about the commentary all night. And that was salty JR saying that um, there needs to be some tags in the tag team match uh, inside the cage. And he was like, what is this? Some kind of tornado tag? I was like, yes, Jim, it's in a cage match. What do you want them to hold the tag rope? And the, what are you going to do? DQ them. Conch. yeah it's that and, and folk folks need to be quiet during kaze nino ray just be <laughs> quiet let it's the coolest chant along thing i was gonna bring this up during the show but forgot never really played into any of our discussion i think sing-along wrestling themes are the new sing-along catchphrases yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, oh, we, me and Denise have had this before because people have like messaged us saying, like, you know, if you could give someone a theme song, like, you know, a wrestling entrance theme, what would you give them? And like Denise has often said in the past, like, oh, I'd give you like a Spice Girl song or something like that. And I was like, dude, if I had a Spice Girl song on a British indie wrestling show, I'd be the most over person there because that if I came out to Wannabe and I did a full sing along thing, like, I would be so over. If, if I got my own choice, I would pick two unlimiteds, no limits, and get the whole crowd doing that. No, 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 no. Because that would be, I would get it so massively over. And through no work of my own, through the hard yeah. work of other people. <laughs> but yeah, there's like the only real sing along catchphrase that I can think of is like Adam Cole, Bebe, that he yeah. does on every show. As far as something you do on every show, I think that's about it. Like Kenny Omega's got, you know, goodbye and goodnight bag. And there are other ones that come in from time to time. But man, wrestling shows where you get to sing along with the entrance themes are so much fun. Wild Thing, I've, I've, Cult of Personality has caught on. They're just singing that song now. Jeez. Awesome. 
Judas, like, yeah, of course. Like Dan, we didn't talk about this in the show actually, but like Lambert cut off Judas and said like, I don't want to hear you people sing this. And the crowd sang it and it ruled. Like the smile on Jericho's face and he was like, yes, it worked. It's like, yeah. We got him. We got, we got him. him. I knew Honestly, it would work. I thought that was one of the more impressive Judas renditions that we've had. Like we had the one where there was just no music and there was, okay, everyone and start. And then we had the one at all out that I thought was a bit of a dud where it was just the guy doing the, you know, the guitar solo the whole time. This was really cool. Like they all just picked it up and went for the rest of the song. I was like, this song is so over. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Um, Cool. I mean, do you know what? I think we need to get out of here um, because, I mean, I've still got some other stuff that I need to record. I was meant to, I wasn't going to be, to, you know, we talked about clerks earlier. I wasn't supposed to be here today. But I ended up being here today because Ollie Davis wasn't particularly well. Hey, neither um, was I. So, yeah, <laughs> very true. Tempest drafted in at the last minute. Although, if you have enjoyed Tempest doing this show, you're going to hear a whole lot more of him because he's going to be replacing me on the AEW shows um while i'm off on paternity leave laurie will be doing the raw review and uh, adam will be filling in for me on the magazine show so yeah so um thank you all so much for, for filling in for me as well i, I really appreciate it as well i'm taking a little bit of time off with my new one whenever the little bugger arrives we think it's going to be soon but anyway uh, we need to get out of here i've got some other stuff that i need to record tempest a pleasure as always never a chore um what's your what, what do you what's your jam at the moment what, what's your your album recommendation you've got oh man uh of course certified lover boy drake's new album gotta be drake drops an yeah. album it's a canadian holiday <laughs> <laughs> fair enough fair enough um Cool. Well, you know what? That uh, oh, go listen to that. I guess. Uh, take care, everyone. <laughs> I love you. Goodbye.